You're listening to the Philly Soccer Pod. This week, the Union win their fourth in a row and face Real Salt Lake on Saturday. Plus, MLS fancy tips and the weekend's best games. Four for four. I'm Will McQuillan, Joe and Matthew with me today as always, and the Union are now in playoff contention. Joe, what's happened to this team, and were we overreacting a couple weeks ago? Well, I'll start with your second question. I do not think that we were overreacting. If you don't win a game since last August, I mean, that's that's cause for concern, to say the least. But in the last four games, the, even five games, right, because uh, they tied L.A. out in L.A., this is a transformed team. Psychologically, they expect to win now as opposed to expecting to lose. They've got confidence. They're playing cohesively. And everyone seems to have figured out what their role is on the field. So they're actually a pleasure to watch, and it's fun again, and uh, I hope they keep it rolling. All right, we weren't able to put out a podcast after that Houston game. Um, So, Matthew, I want you to briefly, uh, what's the theme that ran through both the Houston and the Colorado games? I thought the Union did a really good job of getting the ball, once they have possession on their back line, into Harris Madunian or Alejandro Madoy and letting them then run the offense. All right, that's a good segue into this Colorado game. The Union 1-2-1 came back from that 1-0 deficit from the 15th minute. That was Caleb Calvert. CJ Sapong scores a PK in the 67th, and in the 75th, Harris Madunian with a heck of a free kick uh, to beat Tim Howard and give the Union the win. Uh, Colorado's only shot on goal was that goal. And Matthew, how did they play in this game? I thought they played really badly in the first half. They kind of let Colorado come out and look like the better team that's been winning three games in a row previously. But then in the second half, I don't know what happened at halftime. Maybe Jim Curtin put the fear of God into the team or something, but they really started pulling it back together and looked like the team that we've seen for the past three games. I did hear that Curtin in his press conference did say that at halftime he went in and lit into the team a little bit because he thought they were lacking effort. And, um, you know, despite the fact that it was, what, their third game in seven days, they must, might have been a little tired and unfocused, but second half, man, they came out and, and put it to Colorado. Yeah, well, they did come out and look very sloppy. A lot of misplaced passes, not checking to the ball hard enough. Um, Colorado just seemed to be out hustling them. And on that goal from Caleb Calvert, uh, the defense is probably one on four or two on four. And, you know, nobody really stepped up and, and tackled him. He took a nice shot. Um, and then they did come out a lot better in halftime, after halftime, moved the ball really nicely. Um, and I was really impressed. They shut the game down in the last 15 minutes and, and really played like a team uh, who knows how to win. I agree. That didn't look like union teams for, of the past that would try and they just wouldn't be able to pass the ball around enough to keep the ball and kill off the game. But the union did a really good job of moving it around. And you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier, Matthew, that Harris Madunin and uh, Alejandro Bedoya, they've been playing great for the last four or five games. Uh, you know, Bedoya is finally having the impact that I was waiting to see, or maybe I wasn't seeing it before, but now I, now I can. And Madunin just looks relaxed and is, is doing everything that everyone hoped he would do when he was brought into the club. Yeah, I think moving uh, Ilsenio to the 10 has also really helped. Um, and Joe, we were talking about this on the car ride home where for weeks and weeks we were calling for Alejandro Bedoya to be pushed further up the field and give him more of the ball. And then he did come out and say his preferred position was a little further back. Um, and, and Curtin moved him there, and it looks like it's paid off. Um, but Ilsenio, I think the defensive work that he and Chris Pontius have been putting in is maybe a little bit overlooked, but really has helped the team uh, capitalize on some opportunities. Not just Ilsenio and Pontius, but also Fafa Picot has been really impressive to me in the past couple games, especially with his defensive work rate. 
that Harris Madunian free kick, uh, Joe, can you describe it? Well, it was it was a perfectly placed curled ball right over the top of the wall and left Tim Howard standing there with his jaw dropped and screaming at his defenders. There's nothing those guys could have done. That was the perfect free kick from that spot. And as, as Madunian said after the game, he, he said, as soon as I hit it, I knew it was going in. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about from this game? I want to talk about Jim Curtin. I was pounding on Jim Curtin earlier in the season, and you know, he's, I turned to you last night in the middle of the, towards the end of the game. And I said, "Geez, I think Curtin is learning how to make substitutions, or at least someone on the bench is learning how to make substitutions." Um, so he, you know, he's moved guys into the right position. Bedoya, like you said, uh, Elsino. Uh, he's making good substitutions. He's got a Fafa out there. I'm going to give Jim Curtin some credit. I think he's. He's done. A, he's had a nice stretch in this win streak as well. Would you agree with that, Matthew? I would agree. And also, I'd like to point out that this feels like a game that the Union would have been the team that imploded if it were earlier this season or in any other year. But I think Curtin has done a good job of bringing the team together. Maybe some of that, that's the veteran leadership of Gucci Onyewu and Alejandro Bedoya, but the team really held it together. Yeah, it was strange to see in about the 84th minute, Colorado's heads all went down and Joe, you and I both turned to each other and at pretty much at the same time said Colorado just quit. And it was it was strange. You could really feel it. Um, and, and the Union did not. They closed it out and get the three points. Colorado was in one of those bad stretches like the Union were not so long ago. And you could just see just as the Union expected to win, particularly after that ridiculous red or double yellow card sequence, um, right after that you could just see the Colorado knew they were going to lose that game. Yeah, that was a very strange red card. And he, what's what's your takeaway from this game? I think the Union are a legitimate team that can win games now. And with the parity in MLS, you know the Union are not one of the you know top top teams in the league, but they can hang with teams. And I'm increasingly optimistic. This week, the Union head out to Utah. Uh, Matthew, the Union should win this game, right? I think any time any time you're on a four game win streak, you should be able to win any game. And this is especially true against RSL, who's been really weak this year. Uh, we were looking at the lineup they put out last week in preparation for the podcast, and you said that that's not what they normally play. Uh, no, Mike Peck, he's still trying to find his formation with his new team, but normally you'll see Joao Plata, and they just signed a young DP striker named Jefferson Safarino. You might see him next week. Yorubov Sissian's been on the bench lately. I don't know what's going on with that, but he's a dangerous striker. Obviously, Kyle Beckerman, Nick Armando, guys you know. And they've had some injuries and international absences on the back line that could leave them vulnerable. Uh, Joe, what do you expect to see out of the Union going into this game? I expect them to go into this game relaxed and confident and playing the same pretty smooth style of soccer they've been playing recently. I don't see any reason at this moment to say that uh, there's anything's going to change. No, no big injuries. In fact, some of the guys that got off of the bench in the Colorado game kind of mixed things up and they still won the game. So I I'm, uh, I'm optimistic against RSL. Plus, I'd like to see Mike Pecky take a loss, just given his Red Bull history. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. Uh, Matthew, there's two lineups I want to focus, or two matchups I want to focus on. Uh, the first is Elsino and Kyle Beckerman. I mean, can, can Beckerman shut Elsino down, or is he still going to be running rampant around uh, RSL's defense? It'll be one of the slowest races you'll ever see. Um, <laughs> Elsino obviously is a great talent, has a lot of skills, but Kyle Beckerman's an experienced defensive mid. It'll be interesting to see, but I think Elsino might get the edge on him, just given Beckerman's age. 
All right, and secondly, Joao Plata against the Union's uh, center defense. Uh, we didn't touch on Jack Elliott at all in the first segment, but he did not have a particularly strong game. Um, and the thing that really struck me last night was uh, Gucci Anyewu and Jack Elliott can play well, but they are slow, and Joao Plata is a pretty speedy guy. Yeah, I think this might be the game to bring Richie Marquez back because he's just faster and more athletic than either Gooch or Elliott. All right, predictions, uh, goal line and goal score from both of you guys, Joe. Uh, low scoring or fair, I'm going to go with 1-0, and let's uh, let's get Baduio on the sheet for once. I think it's going to be 2-0, commanding performance. I think CJ Sapong will score, and I think Fafa is going to get another one. I'll say CJ Spong continues to score the Union win comfortably. It's MLS Fantasy time. Matthew's consistently in the top 5% of all MLS Fantasy players, and right now he's going to give us some tips. We'll also discuss the best games from this coming weekend. Alright, so the Union have been doing really well, as we might have touched on. Uh, and they're going to RSL, that's a really good matchup for the Union, because RSL's bad. Any Union player in Fantasy is really affordable, considering how well they're playing right now. And that's a good team to take from. Uh, sticking in the Eastern Conference, Nemanja Nikolic has six goals through Chicago's last five games. And even David Akam actually has scored a lot lately, gotten a lot of assists. The only drawback to those two guys is that they're playing Dallas next week. Finally, do not pick from Seattle. Uh, they are coming off a loss 3-0 at Sporting Kansas City. And they just gutted out a 1-0 win versus Real Salt Lake. Re- they have a lot of talent on that team, but something's wrong there, and I wouldn't touch them until they fi- figure that out. All right, let's get to the best games from this coming weekend. Uh, I'm going to start for once this time. I'm going to say Chicago FC Dallas is the best game. I think that's a Thursday night game or a Friday night game, uh, but midweek. I just, I've just i really been enjoying watching Chicago. Bastian Schweinsteiger, um, I was kind of skeptical of him coming in, but he's been playing really well. Matthew just mentioned Nikolic in the fantasy uh, David Akam is is lightning fast. I think they're a fun team to watch, and obviously Dallas is is perennially good. Okay, uh, Joe. Uh, the game I'm interested in watching this this coming week is San Jose against the LA Galaxy, the California Clasico. MLS has a number of manufactured rivalries, but this is actually a rivalry where these two city, two regions of California, and two teams don't like each other, and it's usually an entertaining game. I always like seeing Wondolowski. Despite his miss against Belgium, I, I still like him or have warm feelings for him, I guess. And on uh, Jameer Hika from uh, San Jose is a, a new player that I'm interested in seeing as well. I want to watch the Atlanta NYC game this week. Atlanta had an explosion of goals over the weekend. Miguel Amiron hat trick. And NYCFC is always good. I love David Villa and Tommy McNamara. That's going to do it for this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher.com, and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at PhillySoccerPod. I'm at Will McQuillan, and Matthew's at Matt underscore McQuill. Comments, questions, or reactions can be tweeted at us there or emailed to us at PhillySoccerPod at gmail.com. Ratings and comments on iTunes and Stitcher are essential for getting a show like ours publicity, so please be sure to tell your friends and leave those reviews. It's super quick. For Joe and Matthew, I'm Will McQuillan. See you next week.